let's just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally, man. We should have done Valley Girl. <laughs> oh no, no that's a no. No, no. Wait, I forgot. <laughs> I've only got a few minutes between my studio screen test and my private eye lessons, but I don't see another goddamn narrator, so shut up. I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. We've got bullets, we've got blunts, we've got balls, and we've got bodies. The Tishi Cinema Road Trip Spectacular has finally hit the West Coast, and the Honda Odyssey is rolling into the City of Angels as we take a look at some movies that showcase the glitter and grime of Los Angeles in equal measures. Joining me is my crew of fellow hosts. Up first, she totally paused at that stop sign. It's Hillary Livingston Butler. Hi, Hillary. I've definitely said that in a non-ironic way when I'm driving. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Next up, she needs the tapes because she's guaranteed a record deal. Her stuff is that good. It's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Anne. I'm wetter than Drew Barrymore at a grunge concert. (laughs) I think it's Grunge Club. Missed it. Sorry. (laughs) And rounding out the posse this week, King Kong ain't got shit on him. It's Bobby Babe. (laughs) As if. Oh, wrong movie. Sorry. Sorry. And the plan was for Meredith to be with us, but, you know, she's got such a big fancy job now and such poor internet connection. (laughs) And (laughs) it is Friday and she has shit to do, actually. Mm -hmm. She's got a job and shit to do. Yep. So hopefully um, if she has any um, burning desire to talk about her movie, we can revisit that next week. But on today's show, we'll begin with a little small talk as usual. We'll check what's in the mailbag. We'll unleash our inner Siskel and Ebert and Roper, I suppose. We'll make some Tishy recommendations and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Hillary, let's get this Odyssey moving. Yes. Okay. I mean this Honda Odyssey, not this (laughs) Odyssey Uh, Odyssey. Well, yeah. I I have joined Christie's ranks. Um, oh no! I, now I understand I, what this means. Welcome. I, no, <laughs> no, I don't want it. So Bridget's all of Bridget's friends were in a Girl Scout troop, and then somehow <laughs> she, you know, got me to get her to join. So now she was doing it. Now is the time. And now I'm realizing, actually, I mean, I love my movie dearly that I chose for this, but I should have done True Beverly Hills because it's cookie time. It's cookie time. It's cookie time. Um, Yes, it's cookie time. I have no idea what I'm doing. I, this is my problem. Okay, so I didn't order that many cookies for her because I was like, this is our first year. We don't know what we're doing. I'm not interested in like really getting into it uh, too deeply. But one, I started to be like, oh, this is kind of fun, like, you know, selling these cookies and whatever friends and family are buying them. But I have this, my problem is, is I start to get competitive and want to sell more, but I refuse to be the one that's doing all the selling. Like, I'll send it to my parents and 
you know, some friends. Be like, here's the link. Order it if you want to. And I'll make Troy buy a whole bunch of what she did. Um, but I'm not going to be the parent that's like posting everywhere or, or doing the labor. Because I'm not a Girl Scout. I was never a Girl Scout. I'm not. <laughs> I didn't join. I don't want to do it. If she wants to sell, that's fine. It's going okay. She's doing a booth on um, Sunday. And the amount... This is what happens to me. If somebody sends me an email with like a chock full of information of something I don't necessarily completely understand, I shut down. Like I can't read the email. I'm just like, I'll reserve this for later until I have time to like intake it. And if I've never done something, I really shut down where I'm like, I don't even understand. It's not hard. It just is. Some of these moms, this is what they do. (laughs) Like this is their thing and it seems to complicate matters and nobody is answering my questions on like i okay so we have okay so we're doing this i'm paired with somebody else who also has never done it before so i asked the troop leader or the woman on who's charge of booths i said um okay so what do we need to bring and she's like we need to bring a table okay fine i have a table she's like and you need to bring a tablecloth i'm like just any tablecloth? And she's like, no, the Girl Scout tablecloth. I'm like, why would I know that there was a Girl Scout table? I don't know that this... She was like, you can borrow mine. I'm like, well, kind of like annoyed like you can borrow mine. And I'm like, well, uh, I, I mean, good, because I don't know where to get a Girl Scout tablecloth otherwise. Anyway, then there's a whole credit card thing, which, Christy, I know that you're, you've dealt with. And they're like, well, you just need to get a credit card, like a square. And I'm like, I don't have one. Mm-mm. And it's on Sunday. Don't do it. And they're like, well... And I'm like, can I just accept cash? I don't want to deal with a credit card. I don't want to deal with this business. I'm not buying a square. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'll check back with y'all next week to see how it went. We're doing one booth. I can't, I can't do more than that. I I can't, I can't do it. I I can't. It's only for two hours. We need a new mug in our merch store that just says (laughs) some of these moms on it. (laughs) It's so true. I just, I don't have that drive to... I don't know, organize like that and also make my child's all their dreams come true because I don't know, you know, my parents were great and they really provided for me and I had a lovely childhood, but they also like they didn't like hold my hand through everything I did. They weren't like that. They were involved. Like my dad coached a basketball team, but they weren't at everything doing everything with me. So I'm I'm more in that school of like kind of letting my kids have their own lives and social lives and everything and if they need my help I'll help them but I'm not gonna like hover and these moms like to hover a lot Mm. anyway there I am we'll see I feel like I'm flailing yeah it's a little weird like I was never a girl scout either because I don't know just not interested in doing things with people but I I do remember being about seven and my class put on a play it was the King Arthur story some version of King Arthur and, the history of the flower. Yeah, probably. And yeah. Uh, and I was cast as a royal herald, and yeah. I needed a costume, and so I like made my own costume. My mom yeah. had an old brown suede skirt from the seventies, and I like cut Ooh. it up for armholes and made a belt, and I thought it was cool, and I took it in, and then. I started to see all these kids with these costumes that their parents had made for them, and I felt like so ashamed. I know that. It, it, Thinking about it, like there was no reason my mom should have had to do a whole bunch of 
sewing to like kick me out for one second grade production. But I was, as a child, deeply embarrassed that I was not keeping up with the other little Joneses. <laughs> no, what? I know there's a picture of me from seventh grade where I inexplicably dressed up as a cowgirl. I don't know why. Like for Halloween, I don't know why that was my choice, but I had like jeans on because, you know, I had jeans and I had a jean jacket and I didn't have boots and like nobody I know we're like bad Texans. I didn't have boots and my dad maybe did, but I couldn't fit into his boots. My mom definitely did it. I like made <laughs> boots out of construction paper and like taped them to the <laughs> side of my leg. I don't know why I just yeah, like did. shoes. <laughs> and it wasn't like poster board. It was like thin construction paper. And I, yeah, I remember being so embarrassed, but then also who cares? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It's, I did. It's not. It's did not, not good just... at the time, but you know, after no. forty years or so, the shame <laughs> starts to ebb. <laughs> it's dissipating slowly. Uh, anyway, there we are. Um, good luck. I never thanks. volunteer for the booths because it's hell. I'm so mad that I did. It was like, why did you open your mouth? Why did you never do, do that? it again? Yeah, I oh, know. I'm done. I'm done. Well, now uh, that you've done it, you can be like, oh, no, I've done it before. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, that's, I send Jeremy, so just send Dave next time. No, I think I might. Yeah. He might be good at it. Mm-hmm. He probably wouldn't. He'd probably yeah, he's like, get in super sales. into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he like can be jazzy on that kind of thing. Ugh. When he worked at the mall, when he was a cell phone salesman, was he in a kiosk or a storefront? Kiosk. See, this is perfect. <laughs> He's right there. The only thing mm-hmm. that's good is it's right next to a Starbucks. So I'll just go in and be like, you yes. guys good? <laughs> Mommy um, will be watching through the window. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. I'm waving. Uh, smoking a cigarette in my car. Like, hey, guys. And drinking oh my God, my- that would be <laughs> hilarious. They know how to make change. What do they need me for? No. How much are cookies? They might not even need to make change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, that's the bad thing. So ours are six. Oh, and um, all the, the girls were like, no, because five is easy. Six is yeah. hard. <laughs> six is hard. Now you got to start. You got to go to the bank beforehand and get a well, bunch of ones to mm-hmm. seed your change. That was my um, Paula, one of. Bridget's friend's mom's was like, I was like, Paula, I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, just go get a bunch of, go get a bunch of fives and ones. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess. The only other thing that I learned that I did <clears throat> when I ordered the cookies a thousand years ago that I just like placed. Okay. And it was definitely done on my preferences, <laughs> not on anybody else's. I don't like, this is, this is a hot take. I don't like whatever they're called. I thought they were samosas or whatever samoas or samoas whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, now they're called caramel delights or i don't know if it's the factory <gasps> it's or whatever bakery. Oh. yeah wait I you're in a different bakery i i guess now i am because i always knew them the other way anyway i don't like them so i didn't order any of them and they're not oh, as jesus good. you wouldn't be getting my business i, I they're am, not I as know. good well troy they're, they're, told me Troy was like, what do you have? I, I want to order, you know, blah, 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 thin mints and, you know, you know, all this stuff. And then I was like, well, I don't have any of those. And he said, you fucked up. <laughs> you did. Okay. Honestly, know, you did. I, I went, Next time, I, talk to me. I, I can know, help I you got with some this. more. I got some more because, and the lady lives really close to me. So I was like, can I get, can, can I get a case mm-hmm. of the Carmel Delights, please? And she was like, yeah, you, sh- you should have ordered some. And I was like, I didn't know. I don't like them. <sighs> I might order all some right. from you then. Okay. Does she have a link? We can talk about this oh, yeah. offline. Yeah. We don't need to. <laughs> this is already going to be um, a long you guys show. Do a little cookie cookie yeah. swap. Yeah. So yes. we can 
I know. I'll put it in the little Google Doc where it's like girl to girl cookie swap. Okay, Christy. Uh, speaking of a Girl Scout, don't Google that. <laughs> God. Um, speaking of a Girl Scout, Elliot has COVID. Yes, Elliot has COVID. And, Did they have uh, COVID before? Is this a second? second yep, time around yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, so one of the Girl Scouts. Um, it happened at a the cookie meeting. Um, we got a text. Uh, she has um, COVID, and so everyone test. And then um, Elliot did, but it was inconclusive or something. Ooh. And then um, went to school and felt really sick, and then came home and tested, and it was like bright right away. Mm. And so I, we all tested as well. And Jeremy sees a line. I do not see a line um, for me. So if it's there, it's very faint. Um, and some people can see it. It's like uh, those magic eye things. <laughs> because I, I, I don't sent think a that's p- how it's supposed to work. I've sent Are you a picture to on the right thing. <laughs> I've sent a picture to multiple people, and only some can see it. And then I went to Walgreens to have the like official test, and that came back negative. But I'm really tired and feel out of it. So do I have, will it show up bright tomorrow? I don't know. And then that's what, I need to talk to the manager about COVID because this is not (laughs) fair. If I'm the most contagious right now, but I'm testing negative, Mm -hmm. I would have just gone about my day. Yeah. And this is, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That's the genius of it all. Yeah. So maybe I do. TBD, and what really we'll sucks see. is that Wednesday we had our first in-person work um, thing. <laughs> it's always the case. It's always so, the case. Did I get? Did I infect everyone? It's weird that it was a suck and blow party. It was actually at the place I got married. You've been there, Bobby. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. Well, I mean. Hopefully, I, I think at this point, it's like, you can't be like, oh, God, did I give it to everybody? Because it's just as if you choose to be in the world at this point, it's just it's something that we have to mm-hmm. exist with. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize it, but it is, you know, relatively, it's not minor anymore. And I know it affects people in different ways, but the few people I've heard get it recently, it's been like, eh, it sucked, but it was okay. You know, like some people feel really down. Some people are just like, I just felt like I had allergies and just the yeah. way that it is. Yeah, I would feel specifically bad about the guy I sat next to because he, I haven't seen him in three years. He doesn't even turn on his camera and hasn't gone to any of our other things. And he decided to come out. I don't think he even leaves his house, honestly. Oh, no, poor guy. (laughs) He sat next to me eating and drinking and (laughs) talking closely. Like He's never going to leave again. He's like, I'm done. I feel so bad. Sorry. Uh, well, good luck. I hope. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing is you can isolate away from people. Well, I guess if everybody has it, then you have to. Like, oh, you're well, all we've already been doing that. Like, we all wear masks in the house, and then Jeremy's sleeping downstairs, and I'm sleeping. Like, we're just doing that just in case because yeah. he hasn't ever gotten it. We think he might be like immune. Like, actually, yeah. because both Ellie and I had it, and then he's been around so many people that have had it and never gotten it. Maybe so. he was asymptomatic. Maybe, but he tests every time he's around. Hmm. People, it's so. weird. Who knows? Yeah, it's weird. Well, knock on wood. 
Um, well, and you officially haven't ever gotten it, and neither no. has Hillary. Yeah. We're, so maybe we're, you no, maybe all are too. Super immunity. I was convinced the other day when I was, last week when I was <clears throat> sick and lost, kind of lost my voice, I was like, this is it. I got it. And I was like, nope, you're negative. Okay. Nope, just hung over. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I really wasn't. I felt bad. I felt bad. Um, well, good luck, Christy. I hope Thank it's, you. you know, okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to the mailbag and the Facebook answers to what is the fanciest restaurant you've ever been to? Define fancy as you will. Okay, Julie says, either Spago or the old Georgian room at Seattle's Fairmont Olympic Hotel. Christy, have you ever heard of that? Yeah, um, that's, yeah, I have a history of there because Rich Boss used to um, have a secret lunch society um, within that hotel. And so we would often go, the Georgian room is is really, but it's that, I don't want to, it was only okay. You're like, sorry to the person that likes this. Um, I mean... Our question didn't necessarily specify that it had to be good, just that it had to be yes. fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. fancy. It's where you like no matter what you're wearing, you feel underdressed. But it's like old old people rich stuff, like lots of gold, um, lots of pinks and light blues. But yeah. it just did get remodeled, so maybe Maybe it's a little better. Yeah. Modernized. Yeah. Um Rosemary says, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh coat nyc um i looked on the website it's korean barbecue but kind of i guess fancier <clears throat> korean barbecue which i like but i'm always a little bit nervous that i'm like not doing it right or <laughs> i don't know there's a little too many like variables to it um you know but it looks there's good lots of sauces inside yes yes um <laughs> barb getting dark says <laughs> windows on the world before you know it collapsed <laughs> Oh, I, mean, I would hope it was before because if it was after that's weird <laughs> yeah that's really weird um so she was running away like as it was collapsing but she had a smirk yeah <laughs> um it's good that barb is still barbing up everything <laughs> um and says probably millenni- millennium when it was still in san francisco or greens i've been vegetarian most of my adult life mm, i don't know millennium. i don't either Actually, I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't, I don't know. I need to look. I need to, I need to investigate. Um, Lane says, I did the full tasting menu plus wine pairing at Chez Panisse when I lived in Berkeley, which was exactly what you'd expect in terms of quality and service. But because it's in an old renovated house, still has a pretty chill Berkeley vibe. I have also been to, I don't know how to pronounce this. Le Toile. Le Toile. In Madison, Wisconsin, for the full tasting plus wine pairing multiple times, which is very similar in terms of seasonal uh, slash local focus service and quality to Chez Panisse, but has somewhat more formal vibes since it's in a new fancy building that looks at the Wisconsin state capitol. Cool. Mm. Very fancy. Uh, Carolyn says, for years, my husband worked for a fancy restaurant. Um, it's called High Hold. She put the link in the um, note. At one time, the owner was hoping to increase the prominence of the place and sent all the cooks out around the Northeast to check out the most well-known restaurants. Mike got to go to Susanna Foo's restaurant in Philadelphia and was able to take me with him. It was a very good and well-presented meal and definitely fancy. Now, see, that's a connection that I want. Totally. I want to be taken along to visit fancy restaurants around the region. Yeah. Yeah. Please show me. Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, in your hometown, you're like, eh, whatever. But, I, yeah, I want to I want to see what everybody else has cooking. 
Um, Jean says the Masonette, a renowned five-star Cincinnati restaurant back in the day, considered in its day one of the finest restaurants in North America. We only went once, but but we often visited La Normandy, same owners, in the basement. We also dined at Pigal's in Cincinnati, another Michelin five-star. But I would say the Masonette was stellar. The Metropolitan in Seattle is kind of nice. That's like a steakhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then Amanda says the Metropolitan Grill in Seattle. I'm not really a fancy mm-hmm. restaurant person, though. Yeah, I hear that. Okay. Um, Linda says a bistro on a side street in Paris. <laughs> we mm-hmm. had duck confit and lots of wine with some gals I was traveling with. Went back the next night, and as we walked in, the waiter yelled, the American girls are back. <laughs> and kissed us <laughs> on our cheeks. Best restaurant experience ever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that's that. pretty good. I'm into that. Yeah. Um Sean says the Armani restaurant in Hong Kong. We went for brunch and as we got closer uh to closing time, the server kept giving us more voo to finish up the last of the bottles. We spent an astounding amount in the Hong Kong Armani department store that day. I love slash hate looking back on when I still had money now that I'm back living in the United States and broke again. <laughs> is that why they give you all the champagne is so then your wallet's <laughs> loose when you go to the Armani I'm sure. shopping ranks? Uh, I want to buy this. I never want to go shopping after I eat or drink anything because I feel just sort of like Bleh. Well, go that's, for me the meal is always the capper for any yes. event <laughs> yeah. really. Right. This is why there's a Cracker Barrel out in front of the outlet mall south of Boston. <laughs> and you're done. Go to the Cracker Barrel. Um, yeah. Amanda says the Langham Hotel in Pasadena when Michael Fultagio was the chef. That place was gorgeous. Uh, mm. Yes. I watched Michael Fultagio in Top Chef back in the day. Um Catherine says, fanciest, 11 Madison Park before it was vegan. More interesting than tasty. Glad I went, but wouldn't go back. Best meals, I don't. La Intracol, <laughs> I don't. I don't speak French. In Paris, they only serve one entree, steak frites, but there is a huge dessert menu. It's a lively mm. cross-section of locals and tourists, great service, no reservations, and delicious wine. Hmm. I'm listening. <laughs> yes. I mean, that kind of sounds fun where you're like, I don't have to choose anything, but then I can you have get dessert. fries and then dessert. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, that says <clears throat> the black sheep and buffalo. Unfortunately, it's not a thing anymore. I went to, to at least three tasty menu dinners there. They were amazing. The food there was one of the best of the best in Western New York. Always amazing. Great ambience. I miss them so much. Uh, the Gedras, Bobby, is that, do you know? Gedra's, Gedra's, uh, I, I believe Gedra, uh, are some of the best chefs around. We're lucky to have them. Um, Ellen's sticky toffee pudding. It's an experience and you'll want to tell everyone about it forever. Bobby, next time you're here, we need to go to get dinner. I know all the best chefs and places. There yeah. you go. I never went to the black sheep. Um, Buffalo has lots of nice restaurants. I don't know that any of them are the nicest yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you probably can get, you know, a good meal for not as expensive as you would, you know, in, uh, like the city, like New York city. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I would imagine, I wonder if people like flee there cause it's too expensive to own a place. Um, Anyway, um, Nathaniel says, probably Taco Bell, <laughs> which, you know, listen, I like it. Um, and then finally, I got a text from my <laughs> from my niece, Liz, who is, by the way, 18 years old, and she's got had more um, in- 
interesting culinary experiences than I have. She says, as someone who loves fine dining, again, she's 18 years old and has been lucky enough to have many experiences. It comes down to company, food, and service. My all-time best fine dining experiences experience would be Hall's Chop House in Greenville. I think it's Greenville, North Carolina. Can't go wrong with A3 Wagyu Strip Steak. Catbird Seed in Nashville is an exceptional dining experience as well. Think 19... 19- course small plate with experimental food bourbon steak in nashville is exceptional a must if you come to nashville and have the budget best if you if you receive an invite commander's palace enola is amazing too it all comes down to company though these dinners take a minimum of four hours if you were doing it right and should be a delight the right people make it that an expensive wine okay she's 18 <laughs> brat when i was 18 i was bribing my roommate with taco bell <laughs> yes, exactly. So that she Please. would take me to like drop off my dry cleaning because she <laughs> yeah. had a car and I didn't. <laughs> I know. God, I'll take I you to Taco Bell. Me and Nathaniel were sitting in adjoining booths <laughs> at the Taco Bell. <laughs> I did tell Liz when we were together in Galveston, I told her that she was a snob because she was being snobby about something. I was like, Ugh, you're such a snob. I did remember another restaurant I, I went to that was actually fancy. But I went during the day, so I think I sort of forgot that I was as Galatoire's because that is something you have to dress up for. It is very like it's in New Orleans. It's very like you know some racist stuff is definitely going on there, but it's beautiful <laughs> and the food is really good. It, but you do have to dress up to go. That is a definite no jeans situation. Mm. What uh, if I wear my fancy jeans? You know, I feel like everybody's wearing a dress when I go in there, but. Mm. I was also yeah, but you, you can't bedazzle the ass pockets of a you dress. can true you you absolutely can I don't know um, <laughs> we can try it out um, anyway thanks y'all it's good to learn about especially uh, fancy restaurants in the Midwest like some places Indeed. I've never heard of I liked it I liked it um, should we move on to a medium talk get into the get on to the freeway. <laughs> Should we take the 101 to the... 405? I can't. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to tell you something interesting. It's so weird because having lived in Los Angeles, um, I mm-hmm. if I were to go to Los Angeles tomorrow, I would definitely say I'm getting on the 10 or the 405 or the 101, what have you. Here, I have never said I'm getting on the 30, the 35. Like, I've never said that before. It is so situational. And when I lived in the Bay Area, there is a 101 in the Bay, in the Bay Area, I've never said I'm getting on the 101. You just say I'm getting on 101. It, it's so mm. weird. It is just a Los Angeles based thing. It's very odd. It reminds me of um, like subway lines in New York. Yes, you take the two, you take the six, whatever. Yes, yeah, Jenny on the on six. the six. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you saying that we should take the 110 to the 10 to the 405? Wait, hold on. Say that again. 110 to the 10 to the 405. Yeah, that would get you west. I mean, I'm just I'm just jumbling numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, We are eventually driving this minivan to Los Angeles, and uh, we are doing it through a very specific set of films. (laughs) Um, They you know, there weren't a lot to choose from for Los Angeles, but we managed to find (laughs) scrape a couple out of the couch cushions. (laughs) A bit of variety here. And and none of them are really the films that are famously L.A. films. I mean, I guess they sort of are. But, like, I thought about doing Chinatown, but I didn't. Like, just felt too old for us to really have fun with. 
and uh, you know, water sure enough shortage uh, of all of right exactly of all of in the 30s of all the great uh great la movies we chose three from the 90s and two from the aughts hey. no i did i did think it says quite a lot about us and our, our, time, our ages, I, I, our time <laughs> periods. Yeah. And since Hillary's our resident expert on Los Angeles, it's only logical that she starts us off with the film she chose from 1995. I can only choose one. There is only one. No, not really. There are tons and tons and tons of LA movies I could choose, but I chose Clueless, which is, I as I'm watching it, I'm realizing... I texted many people. I'd had a couple glasses of wine. I texted many people and I was like, this movie had such an impact on my life. Mm -hmm. Not really, but it was, I was the exact age that they were when this movie came out. And it was the first time I think since, you know, like pretty in pink and 16 candles and all those were really important to my brothers and sisters. Cause those were the teen movies of their time. And I loved those movies um, and watched them all the time. But clueless was the first one that I could remember. That was like about me. It was about my time and like my experiences. Not that I was growing up in Beverly Hills, but um, it was just, it, it just really hit me right at that time. And I had no idea you had a stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of which, last night or the other night I was watching with Bridget because she does love Clueless. And she was like, it just all of a sudden kind of dawned on her. And she said, wait, there's stepbrother and stepsister. <laughs> and she, I think she was like, ew. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not related, though. And like, they're not blood related. And they're not, they're, their parents aren't married anymore. And she was like, but still, and I said, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's a good point. I know. Um, but yes, clueless is based on the Jane Austen classic, Emma. And, um, when I read Emma, I really had, it was after it's in clueless. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Like, I had to kind of be like, that's Ty, and that's Elton, and that's, you know. But it's actually a... Well, the character in Emma was named Mr. Elton. I should hope <laughs> yes, you made the I, I did get that one. <laughs> um, but I... I, I I don't know what to say so intelligently about this because when I'm watching it, I'm like, I know every beat of this. I know every line. I still say some of the lines sometimes. But anyway, it is um, about Cher. She's a teenager in Beverly Hills, a rich teenager in Beverly Hills, and uh, just about her life and her learning to be a little bit more selfless um, and all of her little foibles and her friends along the way. I, um, I, I think everybody knows what Clueless is about. It's not like we need to dive deep, but there were a couple things um, that I, when I was watching it, I was like, I, I, I need to point out these that are my favorite. I don't really have anything super constructive to say about them, but I think that the line reading that Dan Hedaya gives, he's fantastic in this movie. I love Dan Hedaya. I think he is just a great character actor. He is Cher's dad. And when he says, get out of my chair, I laugh every <laughs> single time. It makes me like actually laugh out loud. Um, but I was noting, <laughs> okay, yes, Bridget said, are they stepbrother and stepsister? That's gross. Yes. Um, but what I also was thinking about, it is, it is, <sighs> It's a really silly movie, and it was definitely like, oh, it's an MTV. Like, I remember all the kind of cross-promotion going on with it. Like, it was very MTV in its heyday kind of thing. Um, but it's a little bit snarkier and funnier than I think it was given credit in the uh, when it originally came out. And now I just think it's grown. Like, it's never really suffered. It's just as, like a funny, sweet movie. I definitely would say by, personally, I think 
three-fourths of the movie are fantastic, and the last fourth is a little bit like, okay, it's like a very quick wrap-up, and I don't really care as much about Josh and Cher getting together. That's not, like, I like them as sort of enemies more than I like them as love interests or, you know, like frenemies, but there's just some iconic lines, like, you're a step, you're you're a virgin who can't drive is... <laughs> maybe the most fantastic line. Um, I also was uh, Missy and I really always say, uh, my foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? <laughs> um, I left my cranberry CD in the quad. Can I go get it? <laughs> it's just so, I don't know what it is. It just hit me right at that time. So yes, I like Clueless and I can quote it and I'm very annoying to watch it with because I know every line. Well, of the movies that we watched, this was the only one I didn't rewatch for this because I know it well enough that I felt yes. like it wasn't necessary. <laughs> like, I know. I almost was like, it was the last movie I watched because I wanted to make sure I had time, you know, that I'd given enough time to the other ones. And I was like, if I can squeeze it in, I will. But it's absolutely unnecessary for me to watch. Um I also, when I'm watching this movie, okay, preview to our final movie that we're going to start, we're going to talk about. But there are two characters in these movies that I relate to on such a deep level. I obviously want to be a share. I'm not a share. I'm just not that composed. I am a tie at heart. That is me. Like, I am awkward. I want to be cool, but I'm actually not cool. Sometimes I can be cool, but mostly I'm a dork. Um, Ty and <laughs> Scotty J are like my two avatars in these. Like I'm always like, is this cool? Do you think this is cool? <laughs> um, but I, I, some no another other notes that I had were, um, I only I've never seen the movie Spartacus, and the only I still can only say Sporadicus. Like that is how I pronounce <laughs> that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and driving to LA is actually not that scary. It really isn't that scary. Driving in, honestly, driving in Austin sometimes is scarier than driving in Los Angeles. Um, I hate, I still, this is, maybe this is unpopular. I hate and still hate Rin and Stimpy. I don't like that. I never liked it. It oh, like, yeah, scared me as, it scared oh, me as yeah. a kid. It's, it's grotesque in a way that I don't enjoy. I understand. It's too high concept for you. <laughs> yes. right. No, mm-hmm. you know what it is? It's not for everyone. It's way existen- existential. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's just too many boogers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, just a, a, there's a lot of bodily secretions in Run and Stimpy yeah. that I don't appreciate. No, at all. Um, I think that... Um, so I Okay, so the concept of where things are in this movie really informed me living in Los Angeles. Like I was like, Oh, that's what being like North of Olympic means. Or that's like what the flats are. That's what South of sunset is. Like I really oriented a lot of my life when I moved to Los Angeles. Um, it's funny though, when she's like, I'm, we're going to a party in the Valley. Okay. So the Valley really isn't that far from Beverly Hills, especially, especially if you live North of Beverly Hills, it's the, the Valley is just on the other side of the mountain basically but sun valley where she says she is is very far like that is like that is annoying and i i don't really understand I, it's just so weird to not have a well i guess she had a cell phone but then it was stolen by the robber but i i mm-hmm. would have just called a cab company and i'm like she would not have known josh's number at his dorm by heart but whatever minor <laughs> quibbles um i 
still say we're going to Melrose, even though I don't live anywhere near Melrose. And if I'm talking to my friends from Los Angeles, you have to say, like, we're going to Melrose, because that's exactly how they say it. Um, Also, I think she's excellent in this movie, but it really makes me sad that Stacey Dash is such like a trash person now. I'm like, she's so funny in this movie. I, I, I like her fights um, with Donald Faison, another Donald Faison appearance on the podcast. He just keeps coming back. Keeps on giving. <laughs> but her whole, I don't know, Trumpian lean in made me sad. But, you know, whatever. She's all, She was also... I think Alicia Silverstone was like, she's a little bit older than I am, like, but like by a year or two. Like, she was truly maybe 18 with this. She was young. Um, I think Stacey Dash was like deep into her 20s when this started. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, she looks good. I mean, she still looks really good. She just went down the rabbit hole of uh, conservative. Yes. Anyway, but yes, that's Clueless. It's a sweet movie. I think it's really funny. And I did... Oh, this is the one thing that I did blow Bridget's mind. I said, okay, you know, Josh, you've seen him before because you've seen Ant-Man. And she was like, that's the same guy? And she was, she was like, wait, uh, he looks exactly the same. And I was like, I yeah. know. It's the whole thing. He looks exactly the same. So I showed her... I There was some promo for um, Only Murders in the Building uh, like that Selena Gomez put up. And, you know... I, I forgot that he was at the end of the last season and mm-hmm. he was in the little promo and she was like, Oh yeah, that is him. God, he looks exactly the same. And I'm like, I know he looks exactly the same. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's clueless. Um, I like, I like what you said about how you don't think that it, it got a, a credit for being as snarky and yeah. sarcastic as it is. And I think that's a really interesting because the same could be said about the novel Emma and Jane yes. Austen in particular. She never in gets credit. No. I mean, it's all like a, a comedy of manners and it's all yes. dresses and curtsies and relationships. But Jane Austen is savage. Totally. And books. just navigating how women have to navigate their worlds in order to gain mm-hmm. any sort of power. Yep. And so I, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think Emma is one of the strongest of her books, no, the strongest no. messages. And no. so I would say that that rolls over to Clueless as well. But I, I still think it's a very, like, all the best comedy is rooted here. There's, I should go on some podcasts where I talk to comedians <laughs> about comedy because I know so much about it. But I think all the best comedy is really super specific in a way that clueless is absolutely and amy heckerling who again hot take she directed my favorite vacation movie because there's only one that i actually like which is not the original or christmas i only like european european (laughs) yep (laughs) um i don't know why i just do um i think she did a really good job doing exactly capturing that time um teenage dumb at that time and you know specifically to like uh, you know rich kids um but it is like travis birkenstock is such a perfect example (laughs) of a certain kind of dude at that time and now this yep this kind of dude exists in all times but this is a specific 1995 version of that and it i loved it i loved it he's all little side characters he's funny you know there's like Mm -hmm. wallace (laughs) sean <laughs> um yeah no it was it it identified that and the you know the soundtrack was, was perfect for it 
it I don't know I I, I almost shouldn't have chosen it because I feel like I can't say anything because I'm like I just love it I love it so much I'm just gonna start <laughs> quoting it <sighs> anyway go watch All it right. the only thing that's annoying is it's like it pops if we just don't talk she'll I'll keep, keep going, going I will about <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say is it like hops around from service to service like it was on HBO Max forever and it was on Netflix forever and now I had to watch it on fucking like Pluto with uh, ads which I don't know pissed me off oh I I paid the three bucks to not watch it on Pluto I know yeah. I know <sighs> the only thing that was good is I had to make Bridget go to bed and I was like we can get to the next commercial break and she was like okay fine so it did force her to go to bed um, it's on Paramount hour. Plus why didn't you just ask for my oh, login is it really mine it's gonna mm-hmm. pop out of my well shit well that's alright well because I, I'm saving that for Yellowstone season 2 <laughs> okay <laughs> I told All Dave. the blow decks are on there too. So, <laughs> is it is it like attorneys general? It should be like below's deck. <laughs> um, I told Dave that I was like, I feel like you would be into um, Yellowstone. I've never watched it. It's just Dave is a dad, and dads like Yellowstone. But like he, Dave has a thing about feeling too far behind on things. Like I can't, I'll never catch up. And there's hmm. so many spinoffs now. There's one with fucking Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. Yep. I don't know. There's a whole world. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm done talking about Clueless. <laughs> Wait, guys. Just give it a minute and see if <laughs> she comes back with something else. Mm, I want to. So, also, in 1995, the first of two movies on the list that are set in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meredith's pick, Friday. Uh, and of of course, Meredith's not here because let's just assume that she's recreationally partaking in Friday. <laughs> no. Yeah, this was the only one that on the list that I hadn't seen. Really? Yeah. yeah I, it was definitely one of those movies that it would be on TBS or whatever on a Saturday. And I was like, I want to watch it. I don't know why. It was just like, I haven't seen it. I also resist... Um, druggy movie by that i mean like stoner movies i'm always like mm-hmm. whatever i get it like mm-hmm. i get it and listen i like marijuana too just sometimes i'm like i get it but it really isn't as much about i mean yes they're obviously getting high but it's less about yeah. like getting high all the time i mean honestly it's i think it's again things i have totally a lot of knowledge about i think it's more fun to be high than to watch other people being high yes absolutely which is why i had never checked out this movie but mm-hmm. who who wants to uh detail the plot on this since meredith's not here bobby you go uh no i'm not it I... <laughs> uh what I, I mean how do you summarize it's set in one day uh uh craig who gets fired for reasons that sound like it's not his fault but we never truly understand and his shitty drug dealer friend Smokey get into and out of a bunch of trouble and not even really trouble i mean or yes it is trouble but it's always played as such a low level thing that like Right. They, Smokey and what's the big dude's name? Whatever. Break into the other guy's house and rob him. And we're all just like, hey, 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 
whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of easy come, easy go situation. Um, but really, I mean, Friday to me has always just been a big mood movie. Like, the plot doesn't matter yeah. that much. Yeah. It's about the friendships and the relationships and theoretically Felicia. They have to get money to pay off Smokey's drug supplier or... Because he got high on his own supply. Yep, or, yeah, or they're going to yeah. get whacked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I sort of liked it more for, like, you know, Chris Tucker has never done it for me. There's, like, I, there's, I don't, he, like, kind of irritates me more than anything. I, Ice Cube is, is fine. Um, I don't like Chris Tucker's energy. I don't know what it is. But I did like seeing uh, Regina King, young Regina King. She's always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nia Long. I always like her. Like, she's a sweetheart. They, you know, with all of these movies that are set kind of back in the 90s, there are some commentaries on like women's features that I'm always like, and it's played for a long laugh. And I'm like, yep. maybe in 1995, I would have been like, this is hilarious. But now yep, I'm like, like, God forbid, she's fat. And like, in the span of the world, she's not that fat. Like, I mean, also, it doesn't matter if somebody's fat, but like, they're acting like she is like, my 600 pound life or something like she's just you know a normal sized person i don't know it was yeah and she's wearing a wig which is okay whatever i don't know if that part i was a little bit like i don't you know and this is seeing it through 2023 eyes so that's different when when the value of the woman is totally based on her appearance and absolutely nothing else yes yes um, but I thought the mom, the mom has been in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I thought she was funny. I, I, I've seen the scene before where his dad makes him come in while he's pooping. And I'm always like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> if my mom or dad made me come and sit with them while they're pooping, I would die. Although the funny part where he was like, I changed all of your diapers. Like you can sit in here while I'm taking a shit. And that kind of made me laugh. But, um, yeah, my kids can't come in while I'm pooping. It's my one private time. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not like a super, you know, dimensional, um, movie. Yeah. yeah it's it doesn't like, have it's the like, depth of Clueless. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it does not. But it's, it's also it like doesn't. a vibes movie. It's like a vibes movie, you know, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. just like hanging. Uh, the text, the one in Texas, the one with McConaughey. Oh, Dates and Confused. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very similar. Just yes. sort of. Yeah, you're, Hang you're out. watching it to to watch it. It's, yeah, it's interesting though because it's a movie full of really broad performances, except for Ice T. Like Craig is so underplayed. Ice Cube. And Cube. I, oh, I'm sorry, Cube. <laughs> Whatever. Ice is mixed up. Cube. <laughs> um, but everybody else is almost doing a caricature. I guess also except for Nia Long seems to be pretty normal, but everybody yes. else it's just doesn't actually seem like a real person to me. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like this. Yeah, a character is exactly the way to put it. I I do like, though, the thing that I, I was listening to Kiki Palmer talk about a movie today on Lost Culture Resources. By the way, I'm not going to recommend it, but it was an excellent interview. She is fantastic. But she was okay, talking. You just recommended it. I know, but this particular episode mm-hmm. is so good. Um, but she was talking about this movie called The Wood, which I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. And it's, she was saying it's just about these guys in Los Angeles and these black guys in Los Angeles, like living their lives. She was like, it's not traumatic. It's not, you know, 
there's no crime. You know, it's not talking about the sadness of their lives. It's talking about them. They're just lives like living happy, kind of normal lives with the exception of like, you know, their potential of being a drive by and drug stuff in this. I did kind of like that. It wasn't like a traumatic, you know, boys in the hood. Now boys in the hood is a wonderful movie, but it is a lot of times movies about black people are like, this is the trauma of their lives. And this is just like, these are, I don't know, middle-class people that are dealing with the, the shittiness of life sometimes, but also having a good time. Yeah. 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 So next week we'll watch the sequel. <laughs> I've never seen it. Well, obviously, that'd Next be funny Friday. if I'd see, that'd be funny if I had seen that one. Anne and I had seen that one like a whole lot of times, but never seen the original. <laughs> then the third one, Friday after next. <laughs> yes. So it's a trilogy, like like Star Wars, the yep. originals. Yep. All right. Sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. I guess that and means I am up. Yes. I chose a movie from 2005, which has been described as a noir send-up but i think it's not i think it's actually a noir film it's noir comedy uh kiss kiss bang bang starring robert downey jr and val kilmer uh robert downey jr as harry a kind of small time petty thief who while running for the cops stumbles into an audition for a movie and tries to blend in by auditioning and his performance is so genuine and astonishing that they decide to send him out to la and screen test him and give him uh, lessons with a private investigator i guess that must be what the movie's about a private investigator uh, called, called perry van shrike otherwise known as Gay Perry, who was played by Val Kilmer in one of my favorite Val Kilmer performances in a long line of great Val Mm -hmm. Kilmer performances. And and then they get involved in in crime. And it's a twisty, turny, as I said, noir comedy thriller. There's a femme fatale played by Michelle Monaghan. And um, I watched it when it first came out. I remember reading a newspaper review of it that where whoever wrote it, I forget, said, this is a smarty pants movie. If you don't want a smarty pants movie, there are plenty of stupid pants movies out there for you to go watch. (laughs) And I thought, I'm interested. (laughs) And I saw it. And it is absolutely a smarty pants movie. And I watched it again a few years ago. And I thought, I don't know if this holds up especially like the the scenes are individual scenes are amazing and the writing is great but i don't know if it holds together as a movie so well but then re-rewatching it i think it does it um it makes sense to me and it's uh written and directed by shane black who's best known for the airplane movies so there's a a comedy pedigree going on there and um, I've always been a sucker for an L.I., an L.I., an L.A.P.I., and yep. um, it's snarky, it's funny, it's violent. It it's, is violent. Um, it's violent. It's, like, weird. It's about, it's about how weird and gross Hollywood can yeah. be. Like, they go to a, a different series, because it's set around Christmas, and there's a bunch of different Christmas parties that they end up going to. And there's the one that's, like, in a sex club almost. there's hired performers in glass cages with i don't know some of the women have their boobs exposed and some of the men are simulating (laughs) fellatio (laughs) and and you're like is this really what happens in hollywood uh i think 
probably Holly bad. weird. Yeah, Holly yeah. weird. <laughs> um, I remember my parents seeing this and loving it. And I just like had never, I was living in Los Angeles at the time and I just didn't see it for whatever reason. And I was, I was happy to watch it. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was more violent maybe than I was. Well, it was two things. It was funnier than I thought it was going to be and uh, more violent than I thought it was going to be. Not, none of those are like necessarily bad things. It was just like, kind of surprised me. But I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a fun little romp. And it had a lot of fourth wall breaking. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, very arch. It's interesting because this was uh, in the period of Robert Downey Jr.'s career where he was having a hard time getting uh, well, hired because he had gone like to his, jail. This was his big comeback. I mean, he had yeah. another, the singing detective, um, he came back with that because of Mel Gibson, like, like sponsored him basically on it, like gave him the insurance money, I guess, for it. But this was his, this is the first time I remember him getting good, like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is really good in this. And when I'm watching him in this, all I'm thinking is, I'm not, I don't hate, the Marvel movies because I really have never seen any of them, honestly. Like it's, I just, it's not for me. It's like, I'm happy my son and my husband can enjoy them, but they're, it's definitely not for me. I'm happy that he's, you know, made a billion dollars or whatever. But when I'm watching him in this, I'm like, God damn, he's so charming. I wish he would come back and do something like this. Obviously he's older, but he's so charming. Yeah. Yeah. He's really great in this. And, and for people who aren't familiar with the, insider Hollywood story like Hillary <laughs> and Christie uh, are <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was well known to have a really bad drug problem for a long yeah. time that sort of culminated really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. with his the famous incident where he like was wandered into somebody else's house and went to sleep in their oh. child's bed oh. and he ended up serving I think like six months in prison for yeah. not that incident but I think just whatever for drug related offenses and when he got out he was basically unemployable because he was such a risk that um, nobody could get an insurance policy on him for you know actually coming to work and completing the movie and what Hillary said about the singing detective was that his good friend Mel Gibson had to put the money up personally to guarantee his performance. So this was only a couple of years yeah. after that. And and he yeah, he's great in it. He he's is. just great. And Michelle Monaghan's great. And Val Kimmer is so mm-hmm. funny yeah. in this movie. He's... And so mean. Yeah, he is. I I mean, it's funny because I don't know if they would call him, you know, gay Perry anymore. Like being like, he's gay. Isn't that, isn't that weird? <laughs> um, but he's he's so good. And I had only really seen Michelle Monaghan. I mean, I know who she is, but I've really only seen her in a very different movie, um, Gone Baby Gone, which is, you know. Oh, that's true. Not, yep. but she's definitely somebody who was going to be somebody. And she just never quite, like, leveled up. But I thought she was very charming and funny in this. Yeah, she somehow has never quite made it past the Tom Cruise's wife in Mission yes. Impossible. I think yes. she's getting stuck as the someone's hot wife. Deal. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's Absolutely. a lot better than that. So that's just a shame. But It's a bummer. But it, a very interesting. It sort of has a thread of like a pulp detective novel running through it. And the two cases are one case and everything gets solved and there's a very violent shootout at the end that's very exciting and everything wraps up and the bad guys 
I guess I shouldn't spoil that, but you know, the bad guys always get it in the noir yep. novels and, yep. and this works out exactly the way you want it to. So it's great. It's yeah. a fun movie. It is. Some finger loss and you know <laughs> I had to look away. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> um and there is some nudity in it, which I was like, Whoa, okay. All right, Indeed. here we are. <laughs> Bobby's interested. He's like, Nipple, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I am higher <laughs> proud than that. Thank you. Amazing. I mean, she's hot though. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I know. I was just putting it. You know, I mentioned at the top of this that the, um, there were guns in almost every movie, but actually, there were guns in every movie because even true. in Clueless, there's the yeah. um, there's the scene of her getting mugged. Yes. And yes. Do we? And we see a joint in Clueless, right? So, is there are yeah. there drugs in every one of these movies? Um, the drugs in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, I mean, they're definitely well, yeah. somewhere. He in gets some of whacked those out on Demerol after he goes to the hospital for the first right. time. For right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Maybe they purposely didn't put drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. High school movie. <laughs> no, I mean, because of his experience that he had just gotten out of. I actually was surprised because he talked about drinking a lot in this. And I was like, I wonder if that was hard for him to, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to, you know, be a, an A or whatever and not talk about it. But um, no, I, I thought it was, but it was very, <clears throat> it's snort. It is sometimes very like a 2005 movie. I was like, oh yeah, this is like mid aughts uh, kind of movie. Just like I was saying, like they say gay Perry and, and it's, I don't think things have changed so much, but I was like, God, it does feel like when I lived in Los Angeles, like just this mm-hmm. kind of, I think Los Angeles is still, still CD, but it's a particular kind of CD that was going on then. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I know it doesn't matter, but Val Kilmer was so cute and he was so charming and it makes me sad, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, yep. He is how he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a lot of gay panic in most of these movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I mean, not Boogie Nights. I don't think Friday. But well, 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 Boogie I mean, Nights has a little bit of it. Boogie because Nights. I mean, Scotty J. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is a hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so, true. Take it back. That's not. A, that's not I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify that as gay panic, though. That well, was true, gay but... predation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, it was a fun. I'm glad I got to see it because I, I, it's, it's not something I necessarily would have been like, oh, I want to see that. But it, I, I'm glad I was relatively forced to watch it because I enjoyed it. <laughs> I had never but... even heard of it. Oh. I don't know why. What year did it come? Yeah. Uh, oh, five. 2005. Was... It, was, it wasn't huge. That's for sure. The only thing that I remember it was just like it was his sort of comeback, like oh he's back yep. from the dead, sort of. You know, he's actually doing something that's not shitty. It's it's good, and and he's good in it. And yeah, he's very charming. Oh, and also Shane Black directed another movie I have not seen, but he directed Iron Man three. So he mm. did he? Yeah, I know. I was like, mm. really? Wow. Okay. And he also directed a movie that I've heard is good called The Nice Guys, which I've also not seen, but I've heard. Mm. I have seen The Nice Guys. And Me it too. Is good. Yeah, it's funny. That's yeah. a, that's another one of my parents. My parents really like that movie. That's a that's a style. A noir buddy action comedy film is what Wikipedia calls it. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of buddy cops. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say speaking of buddy comedies, and I was kind of like, Bobby. 
Uh, my movie is 2001's Training Day with a couple of uh, actors you may have heard of, Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, Denzel. Oh, Denzel, he was the one in the Pelican Brief, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one do you think he won Best Actor for? Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Uh, And yeah, on top of that, you know, a million other awards. Although I think I was scrolling through the list a few minutes ago and MTV Movie Awards Best Villain he won for, but only nominated for Best Line with King Kong Ain't Got Nothing on Me because it went to... Because it went to Legally Blonde. Well, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how those things age. <laughs> hey, Legally Blonde's a great movie. Um, well, it's it a great, a great movie. movie. <laughs> but the best line, I mean. No, that is, yeah. I was waiting. I, I had never seen this, and I was waiting for that line. I'm like, where is it? And it came at a surprising yeah. time, I think. I was like, now it's coming? Yep. Well, you know, you go down, when go he, down fighting, I guess. Yep, trying to reassert his dominance in yeah. a losing uh, losing battle. Snoop Dogg also won Best Cameo at the MTV Music Movie <laughs> wow. Awards. He was good. He was yeah. good. I mean, it was a real stretch for him. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. Uh, what do we say about this? Uh, it's... it's uh, Ethan Hawke plays a wet behind the ears cop who's doing a ride along day with uh, a veteran narcotics detective who's got a huge reputation. And uh, Ethan Hawke quickly finds out that uh, this detective, uh, not not a straight shooter, that's to put it politely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's one way to put it. Uh, Uses yes. some questionable methods to achieve his goals, some of which are uh, in the interests of the law and some of which maybe not so much. Yeah, the interests of him. I mean, I, I watched several episodes of The Shield. I kind of know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I hadn't seen this movie in several years, and it was fun to rewatch it. And it's still just as gruesome and violent and yeah, aggressive as ever. And yeah, uh Ooh, wow. But I mean, when I think of L.A. from that era, I do think of super crooked cops. So, yep. Well, it's funny because yeah. I asked David if he had ever seen it when I was watching it. Um, and he said, I, and Dave loved The Shield, but he was like, I think I really got tapped out on like, the cop is bad. I mean, not that he supports cop. He was just like, it just is so nihil. Everything is so nihilistic. And the, like this sort of genre yeah. of everybody's bad. Like everybody sucks and there's no law and order. It's all like a nightmare. And I was like, yeah, though I, you know, God damn Denzel is such a good actor. I mean, he really, I know that's mm-hmm. so dumb, but he is, he just is. He's amazing. I think when you're watching the movie, first you could think like, okay, so life on the street is not black and white. Like you gotta, yep, you gotta, you, gotta some well, flexibility. You, you, can, you can feel for uh, for Denzel. I'm not going to use this character name. He's just Denzel Washington, but yeah. like you can feel for Denzel up to a certain point where you're like, okay, even a little bit of you know street justice, and mm-hmm. you still get the because he always goes back to like, well, I have more arrests than anyone else, and more convictions than anyone else, and was that they build prisons because of me basically or something mm-hmm. like that is what he says at one point like so you start to think well maybe he's just doing the compromises that make it work and then he's also taking care of the community but then you find out that that's all bullshit too yep i think i think it's a scene where he goes to see the three wise men and you realize that i mean he's arranging a, a not a hit but 
he's saving his own skin for no other reason than that he wants to save his own skin. It's not in yeah. service of bringing anybody to justice. It's just yeah. because he got himself in a tough spot and he needs to get well, out of it. Calling in his first stash, his first score. Yep. Yeah. So you you learn more and more as the film goes on that not only is this his life, but that he's got a debt that he's owed from a bad weekend in Vegas where he crossed some Russians. It's always the Russians. It's always the Russians. And then you find out that Ethan Hawke has been thoroughly set up since before he even knew to, uh, to be tangled up in all of this for his, uh, for Denzel's plan to escape trouble. And Ethan is disposable in this setting, basically. So. I am such a baby. If I were Ethan Hawke in this, like, the moment that he was like, do drugs, I would have been like, I think oh, I'm going to no. go back to like patrol or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. good. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it, but it wouldn't be because cause I'm a baby. I don't think it's you're a baby because you refuse to take a hit of what you think is a joint. Yeah. Which is, I guess, a joint laced with PCP. I just wouldn't do it because I think it's bad policy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. not. Yeah. I don't care how much he berated me or told me that this is what I had to do or that I'm a pussy or whatever, yeah. however, the delightful language. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. That was his mistake. That was his real mistake in the whole thing. It's showing so. the weakness of being like, okay, I got to do with this guy. Yep. Susceptible to the pure pressure yeah. of it all. <laughs> I watched this movie. I don't know that I, I didn't see it in theaters for sure, but probably fairly close to when it came out and I hadn't seen it again. So I was happy to rewatch it, but I was got kind of mad at you, Bobby, for making me watch this for a while. Cause <laughs> it's tough. It it's is a tough, tough movie. It's yep. stressful. It's, it's really, yeah. that's why I had to read the Wikipedia entry. Cause I needed <laughs> to know what was coming. Like I was like, okay, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Is th- this was the first time you watched it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be- it- it just it gets things get so bad yep. for yep. well for everybody but for Ethan Hawke especially and it's just like it's a magnificent movie and Denzel is great in it and, and you know I'm not super into Ethan Hawke in general but I thought he was very good in it right so like I think it's an important movie but it is not a fun watch. I mean, no. although you said you enjoyed rewatching it, Bobby. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did because I just enjoyed the acting and the scene painting, like the the sort of griminess and the all the time in the car and the architecture and yeah. layout of LA. Yeah. Like it to me that was very evocative of Los Angeles. Yep. Um, you know, I told you all because I, I wrote this in our planning thread in Slack. I struggled with LA more than most of the stops we've made because I thought about doing fast times, but we already had kind of a mood movie on the list. Um, and then I thought about Lebowski, but again, like I wasn't going to make you all watch Lebowski again. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, and then, and plus we also, we, we already got our, our stoner. Well, yeah. Uh, lethal weapon was the one that Sam suggested. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And, but we just watched it around here for for Christmas. So. Yeah, yeah. I would have had mixed yeah. feelings about yes. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give him that platform yeah. now. And then Heat was the other one that I thought about because it's like, like nine hours later. Film. Nine hours later, yeah. we're like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was actually the primary reason I didn't choose Heat is because it's so fucking long. 
I, it is long. I mean, um, I thought about doing Collateral because that's actually not a movie that I've ever oh, really seen, and that's a big that's interesting. L.A. That was good downtown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, grimy drugs, cops, yep. tons of violence, tons of people being killed and shot oh, at, and God. violence and but, children in unfortunate situations. Yeah. But to your point, Bobby, it's so well written, and yeah. especially as a character study and sort of peeling back the layers of Denzel's character and you sort of like more than anything he's a salesman in this movie he's always mm. selling some version of reality to someone and you watch as he shifts on a dime when he knows that he's not getting what he needs out of it and you know take it a different place and it's just it's it's a honestly it's a master class in in writing and character development and acting i think so well worth seeing yeah, yeah i promise no. i'll bring a dumb 90s comedy next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh rory was like passing by my door and he heard like dr dre coming out and he was like what's that i'm like you can't watch this movie you can't watch yeah. this movie and then dave had never seen it and he was like i'm really surprised dr dre um he never licensed his music for anything i'm surprised and i was like that's because he's in the movie he was like oh he yeah. is so i was like yes yeah. snoop mm-hmm. and dr dre are in the movie um no i i enjoyed it yeah largely because of denzel and i this is i promise that i am a you know whatever i'm married to a man woman but god Eva Mendez is so fucking hot she is so beautiful and I think this was one of her first movies and I was like god damn she is hot well obviously it's I mean I I don't think many actresses are willing to take their clothes off like that when they're more established in their careers no exactly they're like "Uh, maybe maybe she is but no she has a bit of Oliver yeah, no, she's, she's. Yeah, I'll just respectfully, respectfully say I wasn't mad about that either. <laughs> uh. And that little kid was so cute. I got, I was so, so scared. Aww. I was like, ooh. Anyway. I did have to. I had to fast forward through the part in the bathtub because yes. if they were going to try to drown him, I, I can't. Yep. I can't yeah. watch that. Yeah, no. even yep. though I've seen it before, like I, I don't know. <laughs> you're like is it gonna change this time yeah. <laughs> what a terrible editor's cut that one <laughs> oh you got the george lucas version i see yeah. <laughs> uh i i don't want to spoil the ending uh but i just do want to note so uh, whatever it's a 20 year old movie when when ethan hawk gets home at the end of the night um there don't appear to be any consequences to anything that happened all day. I mean, other than death for a lot yeah. of people, but like, like it's just sort of, it's all tidied up and, yep. um, and, uh, he leaves with, uh, yeah, like he doesn't, there's, there's money that's still unaccounted for and yeah. Yeah. like, there's a it, lot of yeah. like, it's, it's not in anybody's best interests for any of this to, to come out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he also was like, paperwork can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. paperwork going to happen. Or they're just yeah. going to brush it away. I was yeah. also pondering, like, Ethan Hawke's character is corrupted by the end of it. Yeah. Not right. Not mm-hmm. like he's a bad person, but he his view of policing and his job and what he wants and the kind of person he is, I think, and the things that he's done have all been really altered 
by that one day and I'm like like what becomes of him now does he go back and just be a cop now knowing what he knows does he go off and do something else does he become a corrupt cop it's interesting I'd like to see what happens to him afterwards or what is that called when you um investigate the cops oh Oh, internal affairs affairs. yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. that that would be an interesting idea Mm -hmm. yeah 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 well, just remember, I mean, the thing ends saying that uh, Denzel died in the line of duty. So, yep, right? yes, <laughs> everybody's keeping quiet. Everybody's a hero. And yep. Let's let's play that it. narrative out. Well, yeah, it is it interesting that they go, you know, they when he meets with the white commissioner people, it is sort of like, you know, there are different centers of power in it. But it's like they're yep. at the country club or whatever at a fancy restaurant or something, you know, a wood leather cigar bar or whatever and it's just it's like according to them they they had to protect their best interests yep yep good one good one i'm glad i watched it i will never watch it again (laughs) one and done um but but with our ongoing theme of casual nudity now we're going to (laughs) professional nudity christy yeah, so I picked Boogie Nights. Um, oh, God bless you. <laughs> is that, are you being serious? I am being okay, serious. Yeah, okay. I, never I was so happy to have an excuse to watch this movie You'd again. Ne- yeah, oh, again. Too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's why I picked it too, because I haven't revisited it since the first time I saw it. So um, just quick plot is... Um, it's in the 70s, I think late 70s, and um, God, what was Dirk Diggler's real name? Eddie Adams. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> he has a tough um, living situation, and he takes a bus for hours to get to, um, from Torrance to the Valley, right? Yeah. Okay, That's how far. long is that? How oh, it is far. I mean, okay. Torrance is like in the South Bay, so it's like south of Los Angeles, closer to Orange County area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I mean, south of the airport, and then the valley is obviously like north. I mean, right now, I mean, like, if it was today, not in the seventies, but if it was in twenty twenty three, it would take two and a half hours or something i can't imagine on a bus how, how oh long would gosh. that would take yeah yeah i know they were all just like ew torrents yeah. like, <laughs> um and so he's working at this nightclub and then he tracks um, <laughs> what was it called tracks wasn't tracks. it was with two or three x's oh yeah <laughs> yeah for sure he so meets 70s <laughs> yeah uh he meets a porn filmmaker and after a very interesting audition um he gets put into porn and let's see the end everybody was happy it all turned out (laughs) yeah right so he um moves in with the with the this it's like a porn house like everyone seems to be living there having parties um lots of fun and he um Changes his name to Dirk Diggler, which is a great porn name. Great porn name. (laughs) Yep. And Mm -hmm. they, so the porn director, gosh, what is his name? Uh, Jack Horner? Yes, Jack Jack Horner. Horner. Yeah, Jack Jack Horner. Horner. Um, Played by the Burt Reynolds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wants to make porn um, have plots. So, and it was funny to watch the... 
apparently not having your wallet for the pizza delivery man was not enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> and th- those were actually really funny. Like, I would watch that. With the- <laughs> yeah, the, the, like, um, um, James Bondian kind of yes. Rock Landers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Chest Rockwell. Chest Rockwell. <laughs> So um, he gets really into it and people like want his autograph and he's super famous um, along with Roller Girl. And then he um, gets into drugs. So he starts using a bunch of cocaine and can't um, can't afford things. He loses his house. Also, at the same time, um, porn goes from on being on film film to video and um, Jack doesn't like that. He he thinks that it's um, gonna um, ruin the industry or you know his art. Jack thinks <laughs> he's an artist. <laughs> uh, yeah, a guy goes to jail for child pornography. Um, there's a custody yeah. battle. Let's see. Oh oh, and then Dirk decides to become a musician, and. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I so the he records two attempts to record two different songs and then they uh snort all of the money <laughs> they so they can't buy the demo tape. So that's a really um <laughs> funny part. But I wonder how they got through that scene without laughing. The them singing to each other like face to face. I wouldn't be able to do it. I wonder, and if Mark I, Wahlberg. We have the same question. Attempting to sing badly <laughs> or attempting to sing well. Yeah, no one will ever know because you would never admit it. <laughs> okay, so yes, my, that is real voice. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about Mark Wahlberg's acting in this because I actually think he does a fantastic job, but I don't know if he knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. does he know that he's supposed to be this like naive, like idiot kind of kid or I think he does. If I the mask fits. No, I'm like, cause I'm like, I think he does a really good job. I mean, I think this is definitely to me the best acting that he's done, but I'm like, Oh, easily. Yeah. And, but I'm well, like, I mean, those walk-ons on the Wahlburgers. TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm like, does he know that he's supposed to be this dumb dumb? Because he does a really good job of doing it. Uh, you know, I ha- I was like, I is it just because he's so naive that he plays naive well, or does he know that he's like the levels of acting that he has to go to? I don't know. I don't think he was naive. I think he's not burdened with an overabundance of um I was say talent but yeah. introspection intelligence like he's just a dude I, I i mean i don't know i don't know him obviously well but... he hadn't done that many movies so he's sort of pure at the time mm-hmm. as well and then um paul thomas anderson good director yeah yeah very good director yeah. very I, good with yeah. actors too i was reading about this and the first line was because it was, uh, is this a true story? Like, that's one of the main um, questions. And it was, um, Paul Thomas Anderson um, got really into porn in the 70s. I'm like, <laughs> I would want that removed from my Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, would you care? I have a list in front of Do me. It. This is the Rotten Tomatoes, all Mark Wahlberg movies ranked. <laughs> from oh bad to 
good or <laughs> there's 43 of them oh my god would you care to guess where boogie nights lands on the list wait Top is three. it is one good or bad yeah yeah okay so we'll go to the, i went to the bottom of the list which is the best number one is the best i'm gonna say number two because everyone loves that departed movie and he was nominated for an oscar for it yeah okay any other uh and said three I think Anne said in the top three. Oh, in the top three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of other Mark Wahlberg movies, and I get stuck on Transformers. S- signs? <laughs> Is he in Signs? I don't know. No, that was Mel Gibson. Oh. oh I just like the idea of you being Ted? Stuck. There's Ted. <laughs> Ted. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Boogie Nights comes in at number two mm. with a 93% Rotten Tomatoes score. The movie that actually comes in above it at 94% is Three Kings. Oh, okay. Another Ice Cube. Is Ice Cube in that movie? I think he is. Yes, he is. I think I tried to watch that once and I couldn't. I liked it. not into it. I liked it at Uh, the time. I I want to watch it again. Departed comes comes in third. Okay. Uh, And then The Fighter is fourth. Oh, I forgot about The Fighter. I forgot about that. And then Deepwater Horizon is five. Or Fear. It's a pretty steep (laughs) fall off there. (gasps) Fear. Fear. Remember how good he was in fear? <laughs> He's so good in fear. Uh, the Italian job comes oh, in yeah. at number 11. He's actually pretty good in that. Ted, Date Night, Yards, I Heart Huckabees, number 17. Yeah. Ted was yeah. that high up? <laughs> yeah. I've never actually watched. I, I came into the room one day and Ted 2 was on somewhere in the middle and I looked at Sam and I said, nope. I, I haven't seen the first one, so I got to. <laughs> I won't know what's going on. Well, back to the movie at hand. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a classic story of like the rise and, mm-hmm. and fall and then mm-hmm. the beginning of a Peak? rebirth. It's, I mean, it's essentially the Robert Downey Jr. story yes. with porn. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that's That's very interesting because it's about porn but like i don't know i don't know i was watching this and it struck me these people are all such losers yes but they all think they're just the biggest shit ever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they're either incredibly naive and foolish or they're just out and out dumb or what was the other one I thought? I I don't know. They're just none of none of them is as smart and with it as they think that they are. Even I would say the smartest person in the movie is Burt Reynolds, is Jack. And he thinks he's making art and he thinks that Brock <laughs> Landers and Chest Rockwell are great names for these well, characters, right? I mean, he's they're he award winning. <laughs> he yeah, in his in his sphere, like he's a a big fish in a very small pond and thinks he's a big fish in a big pond. So he has th- th- a self delusion there that it's like, it's just, it makes me so sad. Uh, yeah. This movie. Well, I mean, as I have told y'all, I think I had seen this movie, you know, because it came out right when I started college. So it was definitely like, Oh, let's watch boogie nights. Like that was a movie mm-hmm. people would put on. Cause we all thought we were like cool and artsy and whatever. Um, and I watched the first hour so many times right up until William H. Macy kills himself. I watched it so many times and then immediately be like, I'm done. I don't need to watch the second half to the point where I, when I was watching the whole movie, I was like, I don't remember this part because like, I didn't remember the you know, where he was getting paid to jack off or whatever. I had totally forgotten that part because I just 
it's so sad and just how yep. dark it gets for all of them. Like what these drugs and it's, I was thinking this whole time when I was watching it, I'm like, in the beginning, they're sort of celebrating them. Yes, they're all dumb idiots, but their life seems great. But there's these little peaks of darkness. You know, the guy, the the um, child predator. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, William H. Macy's wife, like fucking anybody, I guess, and not caring about it. Um, <laughs> um, and like these just and the coke that's bad and all that. And but like and I would say that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman yes. is really... Yes. Sad case. I mean, oh. imagine being the hanger on to these <laughs> pathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Drug-addled like porn stars, and, so and being, and being. I mean, obvious. Obviously, he's gay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's incredibly in love or in crush or whatever with Mark Wahlberg. That actually surprised me when he made the drunken pass. Yeah. At, uh, Dirk finally and uh, and he didn't beat him up. He was like, Scotty, come on, man, come on. Yeah, because not he us. Is... We don't do that. He was actually pretty gentle with him, but he's such a pathetic character. I know. Yep. I know. And well, so I was thinking, like, what is it trying to say? Not to be like, right? To, but I'm like, d- does Paul Thomas Anderson think this is all deplorable, or is he just like doing a character study of this time and place of how? Well, I think- they're a family yeah Yeah. i mean that's they're the they're the land of misfit toys and they're all in it together and it's just sort of the evolution of of everybody who comes and goes from that network because everybody who's in this movie has clearly left whatever situation they came from yeah to get there everybody's broken yeah yep Uh, although i i do think it is a little bit maybe a little bit facile or misleading to say that you know everybody who does porn they have to be a broken person yeah you know yeah. but yeah I mean, that's definitely the time it's like well, yeah obviously for you, sure right. you have right. daddy issues or your mom is really mean and telling you you're stupid all the time <laughs> she was very good <laughs> she is God, she's always good i think this might have been the first thing that i saw julia more in other than her very small scene in the fugitive yeah like, this was this was before she broke big too totally. right and i remember yeah. She didn't get nominated for her acting, but I think she should have because she's really good. I think she's my favorite character in the film because I just she does this like wounded dove thing that's Mm -hmm. just amazing. And and she looks (laughs) not to be shallow. She looks so beautiful in those 70s outfits. Like as soon as they transition to 1980 and those 80s fashions are like so ugly and so severe and sharp. But that kind of late 70s flower childy thing looks Mm -hmm. so good on her. Yeah, it matches with her skin tone really well. Yeah, Yeah. she Mm -hmm. looks beautiful. She, She didn't get I thought she got nominated for an Oscar for it. Oh, did she? I, I don't know. I mean, so. she definitely did for which we call the next Paul, Th- Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Magnolia. Yeah, she Magnolia. definitely did for Magnolia. Um, speaking of which, I once dated a guy who I was obsessed with the Magnolia soundtrack, and he kept trying to play Amy Mann songs for me. But it was definitely one of those like, wait a second. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, she was nominated. I did not remember that. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was nominated for best. Supporting actress. Um, Let me go back to the awards page. Yeah, ninety-seven was such a big Oscars year. It was the Titanic years. 
it was hard. That was a hard yeah. year. Yeah, it was tough. And um, and Burton Reynolds was nominated. And he was he was really good. Apparently, he had like really well. He was a notorious asshole just mm-hmm. in general. I think, but he had a. I think he really struggled with what this movie is supposed to be about. He like he didn't really get it. But when I was watching it, I'm like, he does such a good job. He really got these great performances out of. And listen, again, she's super hot, but Heather. Um, Graham is yeah. not a good actress, but she's no. good in this because she's playing kind of such a simpleton that she does a good job. The only time that she doesn't do well is when you're like, okay, this guy was like an asshole to you in high school. And then she has to have this big, like dramatic thing. Yes. And I'm like, okay, all right. I know that was right. cringy. That was yeah. cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I texted this to y'all, but this has my night, like, of all of the movies we watched, this has the scariest thing to me in all of moviedom is the, <laughs> the Alfred Molina. We're getting <laughs> drugs. We're, we're we're giving you drugs. He's listening to some great music, but his like, I don't know, twink Asian guy. I don't know what he is. Is just like setting off firecrackers all oh my around. Gosh. Really annoying. It is. It would be my nightmare to be. And the whole time you're just like, this is just bad vibes. Like this is something you need to get out. Just leave. You have to. Mm-hmm. You need to leave. And Thomas Jane like won't leave. And I don't really like why. <laughs> just leave. Go leave. Because Alfred Molina seems plenty fine, I guess. But oh, I hate it. I hate it. It's interesting because I was first of all I was like two and a half hours. <laughs> yes, I don't want to. I don't want two and a half hours. That's a commitment. And I was watching it and I was thinking, yeah, but where would you cut this? Yeah. Because there's not a lot of flab in this this movie because everything yeah. makes sense and everything has a purpose. And I I wouldn't take it out. And then we got to the end with the Alfred Molina scene and I was like, ah, yes, we yeah. can cut this. We yeah. can cut this. I think. It would show enough the descent that Dirk goes through, the hitting rock bottom, you know, when he's masturbating for men yeah. in a parking lot in so a sad. pickup truck, right? Yeah. yeah. And then gets beaten by him and this dude's friends in a hate obvious hate crime. I think I think that's low enough. I don't think we need the Alfred Molina scene. No, no, and it's yeah, it's although it's kind of a famous scene, I think now, like it, it like could be either one of those. It was like drop the drop the um, car scene or drop the Alfred Molina scene because they're kind of like redundant. I yeah, I think the car scene is better. Yeah. I think the yeah. car scene illustrates yeah. Yeah. more his yeah. patheticness yes. that he's come to. Yeah, Ugh. the the Ugh. scene of um, the ladies doing cocaine in the room. I'm being really happy is um, so real. Like it makes you so feel realistic. Like oh my god, I, I have yeah. been in that scene. Not necessarily that bad, but like I, you're, where you're like, what? What are we gonna do? And you're kind of manic. And and when yeah. she says, "I just want to stay in this room," and I, you've had those, t- I've had those times where you're like, "I just want to stay in this room," and that's gonna be great. Like I'm gonna get a GED. Like <laughs> just fast talking. Everything is possible. Will you be my mom? Yeah, everything is possible. Oh, Every, can I call you everywhere. mom? And, yeah, and then when you get outside of that, when when Julianne Moore, uh, Amber, emerges from the little you know f- 
Miss, like Bobby said, like comes off the island of the misfit toys mm-hmm. to go to her custody hearing, and Ooh. she's so completely unprepared that she doesn't have a, any kind of representation or anything. It's like yeah. she's just so ill-equipped to live in the real world yeah. that the only place where she can find any happiness is in her bedroom, high off her gourd. Yeah, and like in the club where she's, you know, a superstar there. Yep, with Luis Guzman. <laughs> Uh, i was thinking so when i was looking up this movie um i did not know that leo dicaprio was supposed to play this yeah oh i did not know that either i had just heard i don't remember who it was but it was most of the men in hollywood owe their um fame to leo turning down roles (laughs) (laughs) and then just like listed a bunch of them i Um, believe it yeah I think he would not have played the innocent well enough. No. In this, like yep. the kind of dope role. <laughs> My favorite story from this is that um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson originally wanted um, Warren Beatty to play Jack Horner. Ooh, that'd be good. But when he, yeah. <laughs> but when he approached him, like, I want you to be in this movie. Like, here's the script. Warren Brady thought it was for Dirk Diggler. <laughs> oh, no. That's a good story. <laughs> I was like, oh, the vanity. I mean, whatever. He's still good looking, but Funny. I mean, yeah. my man. But that doesn't fit the role. No. 30 years ago, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like who he played in Shampoo, I think, basically, is just sort of like yeah. a stud. Yeah. But oh, right. my man. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at the cast list just now, and I had never put this together. Um, that studio scene about the tapes, mm-hmm. which we know so, so well. Yes. Yep. I had not realized that was Robert Downey Sr. Indeed. Oh, Indeed. wow. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. So there's your, there's your. Uh, we get two Robert Downeys. Yeah, for the price of one. And, and the audio <laughs> engineer is Michael Penn, who oh, is Amy, yes. Amy Mann's husband, also yeah. a musician, and yeah. did the music for the movie. For, yeah. yeah, and yeah, she's like a longtime collaborator with Paul Thomas yep. Anderson. Yep. That's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I mean, you know, the Don Cheadle parts are kind of like corny, but I, I don't know. I always like so Don Cheadle. I know. God, when he goes to the bank. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. I know. It actually... <laughs> The thing was, the bank scenes weren't as bad as I feared because I thought, I didn't remember this, I thought it was going to be a racism thing. Because I thought it was going to be a a very dark-skinned man with a very light-skinned woman. I mean, they Um, didn't say it wasn't about that. Yeah. Right, right. It was a combo. The bank, the bank manager, whatever, said we're not interested in bankrolling pornography, right? Or anybody who's been associated with pink, with pornography. And I'm like, well, I guess that's better than the racism. Yeah. But the, the donut. I had forgotten about the donut shop. That yep. stressed totally. me out. Ugh. Totally. Yep. Yeah. I mean, glad you got the money, but it was really and the way that this is like well, one of the many reasons why guns scare me is like ricochets all over the place. I'm like, you got shot. <laughs> you should. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um, the old- yeah, oh, Don Cheadle did such a good job stepping in for Terrence Howard in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, that would have been different if Terrence Howard was in it. No um, the, I didn't love this movie that much, but when, when Rory and I watched the Weird Al movie, the funniest part by far is they did sort of a um, parody of the Boogie Nights opening, the, not the opening scene, but the when he's walking into the 
uh, pool party. And instead yeah. of like a bunch of porn stars, it's like weird comedians of the 70s and 80s. So it's like <laughs> Tiny Tim. I've seen that clip. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like Gallagher, yeah, Gallagher Salvador Dali, Frank Zappa, like all the weirdos mm-hmm. of the 70s. And it was actually very charming. But again, not to not to be like film nerdy about it but the opening scene and the opening of the pool um the pool party scene really are master classes in filmmaking and this is one of his first movies and it's like the one shots that he does it's like wow and it just captures the vibe so Mm -hmm. well without cutting Mm -hmm. also you know who besides scotty J. Scotty J is who I actually am, but the girl in the bikini <laughs> that's smoking a cigarette and she flips it and then she dives into the pool. I'm like, that's who I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you've picked out a character in this movie that you yep. want to be kind of disturbs me a little bit. <laughs> I just want to hang out. I don't want to participate in the porn, but I'd go to a party. I mean, you know, sure. it seems fun. Yeah. Just the people watching alone. Yeah. Sure. The, and the, the available the, drugs. Yeah, and William H. Macy's <laughs> wife getting pounded <laughs> outside on the ground in the parking lot with the hey, crowd of people watching. That whole storyline should have been gone, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really dark. But it's no. funny, his little, his... um misspeak which he was like oh should i do that to go over again and he's like no we'll keep it and he says my my wife has an ass in her dick or something like that like he swaps mm-hmm. the words but it's kind mm-hmm. of it actually kind of works because he's <laughs> yeah. so mad yeah, yeah he's so yeah. flustered yeah good movie yeah, that's a sad character too yeah. and on that note what movie makes you think of los angeles <laughs> <laughs> i know we've covered we them all but <laughs> i know i know god I should have uh, ended it, on Clueless. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, this is, it's such a good movie. And I'm happy, you know, it is very dark in a lot of scenes. But I am happy that we, that I rewatched it. Talked about it, yeah. It, and it, it holds up, honestly. Like, it really did oh, I I had to tell my story before oh. we move on. I know yes. I've told this story oh. on the show before, but um, this is a perfect time about when I went to see Boogie Nights. And I was in college and it had been out for a while, so I don't know if it was still in first run or if it was in a second run theater or something, but my roommate and I went to see it on a Saturday morning, and we were, the two of us, and then about three or four rows behind us, there were two guys who are our age, just the four of us in the theater, and that's it. And we watched the movie, and we got to the very last scene when Marky Mark is giving himself a pep talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star, and <laughs> unzips his trout, and you actually see the fabled 13-incher for the first time. <laughs> We're sitting there, the pants come down, we see it, and from four rows behind us, we hear, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And we giggled all the way through the credits. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's widely reported that Mark Wahlberg still owns that prosthetic. Oh my God. I mean, it made his career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I'm looking for something to take home as a souvenir from that set, that would it's be the my list. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, another quote, last thing. Another thing that I say, I actually do say pretty regularly is the part where um, uh, Chester Rockwell, whatever his name is, is pouring tequila or whatever he's pouring into a blender. He goes, two, four, hmm, whatever. That, every time I'm pouring a cocktail, I say that. I say, two, four, hmm, whatever. <laughs> 
I do like saying that's not an MP, that's a YP. <laughs> I yeah. said that to my kids today because Bridget was complaining about something not being charged. And I said, that is not an MP. <laughs> but, but then the comeback is... <laughs> The MPYP, I don't know all this industry jargon. (laughs) (laughs) Good movie. Oh, we haven't said anything about John C. Riley, but he was great. He's so good. Oh my god. Not super believable as a porn actor, although he's playing basically the same character he plays in uh, Talladega Nights. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I I mean, God love him. He's a great actor and seems like a nice guy, but like I wouldn't want to watch him fuck. No. No. Maybe yeah. in the 70s we would have been more accustomed to that. I mean, look at Ron Maybe. Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, but God. Ron Jeremy Ooh. was a lot better looking when he was young. Than John C. Riley. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need a side-by-side. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the show pick. Um... I don't know. Am I misremembering? Uh, I saw the documentary about him. Now I don't, but I don't remember. Ooh. Ooh. The only hot dog on the Wahlburgers menu is on the kids' menu, and I feel like that's a real (laughs) missed opportunity. Right? Why do they not have a 13-inch foot long? (laughs) Yeah, I think Ron Jeremy was better looking when he was young. Let's see. We have different test tastes. (laughs) Oh, I'm not saying I want to get with that. (laughs) So, uh, Hillary, what does Tishy recommend? Okay, yes. Um... I had to because I just wanted to talk about them, but I, you know, guys, you know, I love an Oscar clip. Um, so the two Oscar clips from this that like for, for these movies that are sort of enjoyable to me. Well, the one that I watch very regularly is a Denzel Washington Oscar win. I do cry during it. It's very poignant because Sydney, Sydney Poitier had just won like whatever the Irving Thalberg or whatever, one of the, Mm -hmm. you know, lifetime Mm -hmm. achievement things. Um, and, so it's very sweet, but it is so, you know, I love a Julia Denzel collaboration. <laughs> Julia <laughs> Roberts had one the year previously for Aaron Brockovich. So she presented it, but she totally makes it about herself. And it's very yes. annoying, but I love watching it. She goes, I love my life, Denzel Washington. And she like hugs him too long anyway, but it's enjoyable. And then you are deranged. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, and I mean that with love. I know you do. It, it would have been great if you just got up there. I mean, it wouldn't have happened then, but um, accepted it and just said a cab and then walked away. <laughs> um, and then Burt Reynolds, when he loses the Oscar, it's like I mostly when I watch Oscar acceptance speeches or Oscar wins, I have to cover up the faces of the other people that I know are going to lose because I don't like to see disappointed faces. But I like to watch Burt Reynolds because he's fucking pissed. He's, he's so, so mad that he pissed. he's so pissed that he lost. And he, I just watched it again because yeah. it was on there. And his like golf clap like Fuck you! Mm. Like as- I know, and it's Robin Williams. It's not like yes. some, you know. And it, was and- great, it was a great yeah. role too. He deserved yeah. it. Was it Goodwill Hunt? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, well, okay, and, I can't and, argue with that. And that one is actually a very sweet um, acceptance speech because Billy Crystal was hosting. You know, they did the whatever the. Um, the what are those comedy shows that were on HBO? It was for like homeless. Oh, 
Um, shoot, I can't remember what it's called. Comic Comic Relief. Relief. Yeah, they did Comic Relief together. So it was very sweet. The only thing is, I mean, these are all dated. He thanks Harvey Weinstein like a lot. And you're like, and it kind of makes like an anti-Semitic Harvey Weinstein joke, but like it's just all around sort of weird. But it's, he's very excited. He's wearing a Nehru collared 1997 um, outfit. So I enjoy it. So those are my recommendations. (laughs) Get drunk and watch Oscar clips. That's yeah. my recommendation. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, it's time for you to get involved with the show at thisshowhaseverything.com or join our Facebook group where you can answer the question of the week, which is what movie makes you think of Los Angeles? You have a lot of choices and we want to know so that we can regret not picking them. <laughs> yes. Uh, the show Twitter is a fucking musk. You should email us instead at tshishow at gmail.com or send us a voice memo that you attach to that email where you can tell us in your own words. Well, I guess if you wrote, it would be your own words too. You can tell us in your own voice about the transformative effect that watching Boogie Nights had on you. (laughs) You can fax Bobby pictures of naked butts at (laughs) 617-354-8513 as we return to our faxing roots. And the AOL keyword is, as always, T-She. Can we post pictures of naked butts in there too? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. On AOL, is that just text-based or... Can you uh, post pictures? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think that was probably pre-JPEG. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I think, I think so. Yep. And with that, thanks for joining us. And that was everything about these five specific LA-based movies. <laughs> Rolling with the homies. Pass me the cup so we can get twisted Rolling with my homies Yeah, I'm gonna die.
pack of rats that standing in the front. So I cops the ass and let the sister bump. Here comes one day, she's on the chip. She said she liked the way my woofers kick. But I don't fall in love with every girl I see. So I pass up two and go straight to three. She got her ass like the back of a bus, cuz. And that's why I say in Christmas trust. I let her hit my joint and got straight to the point. What's up? Do you wanna kick it or what? I ain't got time to be front. I ain't talk about nothing. There's a little something, something. If you're fine, if you won't run. I don't wanna be your man, but I'll hook you up. Rolling with my homies. If we act on our. We gotta do Pacific Northwest. We gotta do Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah. We gotta do San Francisco. We gotta figure out what the hell to do with Nevada. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think Nevada could have its own episode. I think we can do Vegas. Hangover. I all three so. of them. Oh god. Yeah, three out of five right there. <laughs>